0: there in tv land i'm alyssa and this is when tv was great podcast where i recap shows from i love lucy to breaking bad and everything in between come join me and reminisce about when tv was great hello i am back you guys just can't get rid of me i guess (laughs) So I tried to take a break, and I did take a break, but I missed this podcast the whole time, and I was like, oh, this is, I need to get back to it. So I am back, but I'm only going to be doing bi-weekly episodes, so, um, like, every other weekend, I guess, episodes, or whenever I can get to it. Um, I think every week was kind of hard, and it's not just, it's not just, like, watching the episodes, that's not a problem, because I do it while I do my podcast, but it's uh, finding, time to get, you know, the house quiet. And, you know, well, I have a three-year-old, so it's never quiet. <laughs> so, I have to find a place for him to go, and my husband. Um, so, that's kind of what it was. But I, I also work full-time, and I also sell Scentsy on the side. So, I'm, I got, I got a pretty full plate. Uh, so, I'm just gonna, uh, just, we're just gonna start fresh, um, just continue with the way I do it. I'm going to do, uh, I'm not rebranding the podcast. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing some teen mom episodes, which I might, but it'll be like a bonus part of my podcast. Uh, but, um, I was going back and watching that and I, I realized that nobody that i that I know has done these seasons of teen mom. And I was like, Hmm, I might have to do that. So that could be in the future. Uh, but today I'm going to be talking about married with children uh, it's my favorite episode of Married to Children of all time, and I have quite a few, but this is definitely my my all-time favorite. Uh, it's called You Better Shop Around, and it's it's a two-parter, part one and two. It was, uh, aired, it aired on April 14th, 1991, and, uh, this is where I think Married to Children was totally in its prime, you know? Seasons four and five were just really, really good. Um, so, like always, I'm going to, uh talk about the songs oh man these are some great songs you guys oh this is (laughs) I was getting ready to graduate from sixth grade (sighs) getting ready I mean not quite there yet but number one coming out of the dark Gloria Estefan god I remember that song number two I've been thinking about you London Beat I still have that on my favorite playlist on my iPhone I still I still listen to that all the time you're in love Wilson Phillips love hold you tight Tara Kemp just want to hold you tight all day and all night just wanna hold you tight uh number five sadness part one (laughs) i think that's a song by enigma uh one more try timmy t loved it number seven baby baby amy grant yeah that was a big song number eight signs tesla i think that was a cover of a song this house tracy spencer this is a great freaking song love that song Number 10, Aisha, another bad creation. <laughs> I'm going to keep going because I just love these songs. 11, Rico Suave, Gerardo. Roxette, uh, sorry, Joyride, Roxette, that's a great song. Someday, Mariah Carey. Um, Round and Round, Tevin Campbell. Whatever happened to Tevin Campbell? Number 15, I'll Be By Your Side, Stevie B. I don't remember that song, but I do remember Stevie B. Number 16, Cry For Help, Rick Astley. Yep. Number 17, Mercy Mercy Me, Robert Palmer. Number 18, Get Here, Alita Adams. Number 19, I Like The Way, The Kissing Game, High Five. Number 20, Touch Me All Night Long, Kathy Dennis. She was great too. All right, so those are all the 20 songs. I usually do 10, but I did 20 today. Then I also have the top movies in April of 1991. In April of 1991, I was turning 12 years old. My birthday is April 23rd, so right before my birthday here. Number one, Out for Justice. Number two, Oscar. I think that's a movie with Sylvester Stallone. Number three, Mortal Thoughts. Number four, A Kiss Before Dying. Number five, Toy Soldiers. Number six, The Marrying Man. Number seven, The Object of Beauty. I don't even know half these movies. Number eight, Impromptu. Number nine, Spartacus. It was re-released. I don't know any of these, you guys. Daddy Nostalgia. This is a pretty slow box office month (laughs) I mean this is before what came out oh Robin Hood Prince of Thieves that came out this year I think I think it came out a couple like another month later that was like the biggest movie all summer and I think there was a no Batman was 1990 Uh, uh, there was some other big movie in 1991 can't think of it right now all right so I love this episode it is it's just like drop down funny I don't know. There's some great lines in it. Uh, There's a cameo by um, Jerry Mathers, who plays a beaver. And it's really funny because, uh, well, not funny, but during this time when this episode was airing, there was uh, the new Leave it to Beaver. It used to be on every Saturday. Do you guys remember that show? It used to be on every Saturday, the new Leave it to Beaver. It had all the originals, except for maybe Hugh Beaumont, he might have died, I don't know, but it had all the originals, and it had, it was mostly like just the, the Beaver and Wally, and their kids, and I think, I think Eddie Haskell was on it, and they had their kids, and it was, it was a cute show, I wonder if I could find that on YouTube somewhere, I'm gonna have to look for it, uh, loved it though, I don't know how long it lasted, it was probably like two, three years, you know what, why don't I look that up, because I am very curious, anyways, he's in this episode, and, um, I, uh, I just love his cameo. This might be my favorite cameo of any of them in the show. And I like all, I like, uh, Gary Coleman. His cameo was great. 101 episodes. So well, let's see. Wow. Okay. Um, it's an American sitcom sequel. It aired, on. Uh... oh wait, that's a different one. Hold on. Okay, it's called Still the Beaver, but what about the New Leave it to Beaver? The New Leave it to Beaver, season two, 1986 to 87. And then it went to season three. And then season four. Wow, guys, four seasons. Okay, so I was wrong. It did not air during this episode. Because this episode aired in 91. The last episode of New Leave it to Beaver was 89. My mistake. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started on this. And um, I'm happy to be back, guys. Woo-hoo! So the episode starts out. uh, It's a really hot day. And the Bundys are outside enjoying the sun and, you know, just in their bathing suits. And (laughs) it just shows, like, uh, Al in in a kiddie pool laying, like, you know, flat down in a kiddie pool with a beer. And he's just having the time of his life. I take that back. He's drinking uh, Tang. <laughs> He's not drinking a beer. But you know, the uh, they're basically just we need an air conditioner. You know, this like a total sitcom trope. You know, we need an air conditioner. We gotta. I mean, they did this on The Simpsons. They did this on lots of different shows. Uh, my question: On a hundred degree day, I mean, does it really get that hot in Chicago? I am not. From the East Coast, I am on the West Coast, and it gets hot here, but does it get that hot where you have to have a pool in Chicago? I don't know, or an air conditioner, I mean, I guess, but, um, I mean, I know it does get kind of toasty, but, like, I don't know, it just, I'm just kind of curious, I, I guess I should probably, uh, look that up myself, but, um, just wondering. So, you know, Al has a good reason for not getting an air conditioner, so, you know, so he thinks. Look, Al,
1: as much as I applaud you exposing yourself to water, don't you think it's time we marched bravely into the 50s and bought an air conditioner? Peg,
2: can't a 100-degree day go by without you bringing up air conditioning? (laughs) Besides, as soon as we get one, they're just going to invent something new. I'll be damned if I'll
1: have one in my house. (laughs) That's the same thing you said about the toothbrush. (laughs)
3: Look,
0: Dad, I know I'm no psychology major, but, uh, could the underlying reason for your reluctance to buy us an air conditioner be that uh, you're the cheapest
1: man on the planet?
2: But if I was cheap, would we have all this? <laughs> now I'll hear no more about this, Kelly. Let's play Sea Monster.
3: Ah, a sea Monster. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: scared me
1: he scares us all honey
0: <laughs> he scares us all honey i love that line so al uh yeah al is totally against getting an air conditioner he's like as long as i have my pool we will not get an air conditioner so peggy gets her gun and shoots a hole through the pool solves a problem right so he they have to he has to get one now so uh, they get the most oldest air conditioner probably out there. Uh, you know how Al's so cheap. He always goes for like the cheapest things. Like I remember in the episode where he had to get Bud and Kelly car insurance. I think it was, I don't remember which one it was. I thought it was, I think it was, I don't remember. I think it was Bud. He got it. He got uh fish, <laughs> fish and chips and insurance and <laughs> they had insurance through a fish and chips place. It was pretty funny. He just is always taking shortcuts
2: yes family look at it it's a kaiser
1: <laughs>
2: the pride of world war ii germany <laughs> look at it kids. doesn't it just say cool
1: actually it's this property of erwin rommel oh. <laughs> now, i thought you were going to a discount store to get one of those korean ones you know with names almost like real products like our frigid door refrigerator <laughs> RC Hey TV.
2: Or my beauty fool wife. Kids, <laughs> What
1: you're looking at
2: is the world famous Kaiser air cooling blats. The Jerry swore by these. But more importantly, they were at the forefront of 1942 technology. And now, this baby's ours, Peg. This is the best damn 17 bucks I ever spent.
0: Okay, 17, $17 air conditioner. Nothing can go wrong here. Uh, so you you might be wondering who is Erwin Rommel, because that's what I was wondering. So I have the, uh, the trivia here. The air conditioner that Al buys is listed as property of Erwin Rommel, a German field commander during World War II nicknamed the Desert Fox this thing is monstrous it's probably like the size i'm looking at it again it looks like the size of maybe a big gas gas pump you know when you go to the gas station you got the big the pump it's like two of those combined it's huge and it has all these cords coming out it's like all old fat it it just looks so funny i'll have to post a picture so al tries to set it up and it uh the whole neighborhood has a power outage because of the stupid air conditioner So, yeah, people are kind of pissed now. Especially on the hottest day of the year. Oh, the whole neighborhood's gone dark.
2: Well, at least they don't know it's our fault. Bundy did this!
3: (laughs) God, where'd they get the torches and the pitchforks so fast?
2: Shut up! Put your weight against the door, they're coming in!
0: This is kind of like an episode that's very cartoony. You know, I don't, I don't know if if you've seen the, the the newer Married Children episodes, but it's very cartoony. Like Al falls off a roof or he gets electrocuted and he survives. It's, so this is kind of like the same thing. Like, where'd they get the pitchforks and the torches? How'd they get them so fast? That was pretty funny. So they have to escape <laughs> and still stay cool. So where did they end up?
2: Did I promise you the good life?
1: (laughs) Honey, if only everyone could be as happy as we are.
2: Everybody doesn't have me,
1: babe.
2: Uh
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that poor woman. You know, it just shows that there can be unhappiness in even a grand place like... What'd you call this place again?
2: <laughs> Supermarket, babe.
1: Supermarket. Wow. <laughs> A big building with food. What do they pick up next? Free sample?
2: Cool. Well, thank you, cheese lady. <laughs> Listen, if you see the lady with the little tray of weenies, tell her we've been waiting. My hands are all greasy from eating. Where's Kelly with my damn
1: towel?
0: Here I am, Daddy. Daddy, what's this?
2: Looks like some kind of vegetable, honey. Ew! Bud! Go (laughs) deep.
0: Excuse me, your family, but uh, as the only one among us who hasn't yet been fingerprinted. Do you actually think no one's going to notice we're living in aisle four of a
3: supermarket?
0: (laughs) So Al took his family and their their chase lounge chairs and everything that they need that they had outside and they went and parked it on aisle four of the supermarket right in front of the beer by the way <laughs> first of all i remember watching this when it first aired and thinking how funny it was and just every line in this is just so hilarious it's so hard not to clip the entire episode but that'd be copyright <laughs> But, um, it's just so funny. I have to like pick and choose the parts I want to clip because there's just so much of it. But basically, I like you know, Peg saying, "What's this? What's this place called? Supermarket babe. <laughs> so funny. Oh, a supermarket. Wow. I learned something today. and Kelly doesn't know what a, <laughs> what a head of lettuce is. She doesn't know what. <laughs> That's just so great. The writing is so great. And Bud, of course, uh, I love how he says, I'm the only one who hasn't been fingerprinted. That is so funny. So I wonder, like, what they were fingerprinted for. Al obviously had some troubles with the law, like with his parking tickets and uh, Peg maybe shoplifting? Kelly, uh, vandalism maybe? She likes to hang with the, with the bad crowd. I don't know. But I just thought that was really funny. And it just gets funnier from here. It just gets so funny. Okay, so they finally get approached by a clerk. He looks like probably 16. And uh, he, he's like, uh, what are you guys doing here? And Al's like, we're shopping. And then he's like, well, you've been here for four hours. And Al says, well, we're conscientious shoppers. And he's like, hey, Peg, read me the ingredients of those potato chips. She says, potatoes. <laughs> and he goes, hmm. So uh, now he's gonna try to uh, fool this dude. I may be just a stock boy, but I know the look of a family without an air conditioner. <laughs> I'm gonna have to call the manager.
2: Uh, no, wait, wait a second, wait a second. There, uh, all right. You you look like a smart young guy. I uh, think maybe I can trust you. Name is Bundy Al Bundy. I'm with the National Supermarket Security Agency. <laughs> There's been a rash of food related food thefts in the area, and that's, where the, that's what I'm here for. Bundy, I carry a whistle. Really? Now act natural. See that uh, woman over there? Don't look. That's Velveeta Annie. The notorious blue haired cheese bandit. I've been on her trail since the Dakotas.
0: Miss Gillis? She's been shopping here for
2: years. Kid. Don't you know that Gillis is the underworld name for Cheese Booster? Are you sure about this, Special yeah, listen, Agent Bundy? Don't, don't look at her now. At least she's making a move. Uh, let's see. What, yeah, I think we got her now. Well, I think the eagle has landed. Now, listen. I don't want to make this bust and blow my cover. So you take it, kid. Thank you, Special Agent Bundy. <laughs> So, how do you like our cheese, Gillis?
3: <laughs>
2: Hopefully as much as you like our jails. Come along, baby.
3: let's you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, they totally pretend that the old lady, who's probably like 80 years old, stole something so they can get rid of the, I guess he's the stock boy. Oh, my God. Uh, this dumbass stock boy is just believing everything he has to say. It's it's pretty funny. Uh, they do have secret shoppers like that. Secret shoppers and uh, security, you know, undercover security. <laughs> uh, I also noticed that Kelly is wearing blue, blue blocker sunglasses. Do you guys remember blue blocker sunglasses? They were huge around this time. Everybody at the beach had them, like, like, if you watch 90210, like, Dylan has them. And I think he has them in the, uh, I think he has Blue Blockers. They're in the, <coughs> it's in the intro. It's the early episodes of 90210. Uh, I just noticed that. And I'm also noticing, like, Uh, well, we're going to get into it. But there's a lot of different br- uh, food brands that uh probably don't exist anymore. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch Supermarket Sweep, but I love that show. And this a whole episode reminds me of that but uh it was on around the same time this episode aired so there was a lot of supermarket stuff going on back then (laughs) then we go to commercial and then the next scene bud is hanging with these two hot girls they're i guess he's like i don't know just tagging along with them and he pretends he doesn't know his family sitting right there in the middle of aisle four tells him get a job buddy oh gosh Uh, I love, I love, 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 love when the Bundy kids pretend that they are not Bundy kids. So funny. And then there's this hilarious scene, which is more eh, visual than anything else. So I'll just kind of walk you through it. There's this hot girl with her butt hanging out of her shorts and a tank top. And Al is like, ooh, so she, so he starts following her around. (laughs) he starts following her around the, the supermarket dropping things so she'll pick him up so he could get a good view <laughs> it is great it is so funny uh, I know it's very degrading to women but God, I mean come on this show just was always like that you know it was always like the, it, they always said it was like what not a family show but uh, he I think he so he drops uh, he drops what is it peas frozen peas uh, he drops something I don't remember exactly what it is but uh, he just follows her around like a total pervert it's hilarious I mean it's not but it is you know
1: well if it isn't the Vanderbundies in their summer home <laughs> hi Marcy are you having a party uh, no thanks to Al I and the rest of the block are sweltering to death in our own homes are they still mad at me For blacking out the entire neighborhood on the hottest day of the year? Heck no. In fact, it's brought us all closer together. Why, when we were burning you an effigy, I ran into people I hadn't seen in years. We sat around, we sang our favorite folk songs, like, if I had a hammer, I'd drive it through Al Bundy's skull. You know, Marcy, we just feel terrible about this whole mess. Don't we, Al?
2: Oh, Miss? I think you dropped your corn.
1: Thank
3: you.
2: Thank you. Oh, miss? Uh, You dropped your flea fogger.
0: Thank you.
2: Thank you. You dropped your Broccoli Spears. Oh. Thanks again. No, thank you. But here's something men do. Quick, get me something. Excuse me, miss. Uh, You dropped your uh, eggs.
1: Weren't you the same guy that was rubbing up against me at the bus? No. I meant him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I clipped a little bit for you. But my favorite line, one of my favorite lines in this episode, there's a couple. Uh, This is one of my favorite lines. If it isn't the Vanderbundies in their summer home. I don't know why, but that always cracks me up every time Marcy says it. And I'm not even a big Marcy fan, but it just always cracks me up because it really is like they made it their home. It's their summer home. Um, so yeah. So uh, as we all know, Al uh, with his his cheap ass air conditioner like knocked the power out in his entire neighborhood. So now they want to kill him. They always want to kill the Bundys. I mean, that's nothing new. Uh, so then. So then, like I played for you, Al dropping all the stuff so the girl can pick it up and he can get a good view, and uh, I love at the very end of that clip where she reveals that Bud was the one who was rubbing up against her on the bus, and Al kind of just is like, like looks disappointed, and then he like slaps him a high five. <laughs> it's a typical Bundy move. It really is. Like, oh, son, you did something really bad, but let me just congratulate you for it, cause we're men. Uh anyways, uh, the next scene, uh, <laughs> the next scene, the he, uh, Bobby, I guess his name is, or Joey, what's, I think it's Bobby. Bobby is talking. He's the clerk, the stock boy. He's talking to uh the manager, saying, telling <laughs> telling him what Al told him. You know, he's she's security. And, the guys, and then the manager's like, man, I don't know, he looks familiar to me. And then it shows a, a shot, a picture of Al. It says, do not take checks from this man. <laughs> Cracks me up, dude, every time I watch it. Ugh. So he goes and confronts Al and says, you better buy something or you're going to go to jail. Uh, not, but not before I... <laughs> But not not before Al says, "Come on, kids, we're going to move down to the drugstore down the street." <laughs> like he hasn't learned his lesson. Oh, anyways, uh, how this all ends? This is the very end of the episode. Uh, but like I said, it's a two-parter. How this ends is Al has to buy the cheapest thing possible, so he gets a pack of gum, I think, and uh, and he's behind Marcy. And this happens. Oh, he's behind Marcy in line, and this happens. Uh,
2: Marcy, listen, uh, I've only got a pack of gum. Uh, can I get in front of you?
0: Eat hot death.
2: <laughs> oh, the National Enquirer. Steve Rhodes, marries Cher. Where? Where? <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're our one millionth customer.
2: What, what does that mean?
1: You've won a free one thousand dollars supermarket shopping spree. Oh, oh, hey,
2: I oh. was the next in line. What are you complaining about? You still are.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> I just love that line. What do you What do you complain about? You still are. Ugh, oh, love it. So. My point, my whole thing about this, uh, this is my only complaint, it's not even a complaint, but basically, like, Al and Peggy, and they've been there for four hours, and now they're getting kicked out? Wouldn't they want to stay there as long as possible? You know, they've already been there four hours, I don't know. It's kind of funny why Al wants to go in front of her, but um, he also is kind of rude and impatient, always impatient, so I can see that. So, what I like about this is that, like, the Bundys finally win something, right? They finally, it finally ends on a nice, good note. Usually, these episodes are so, like, they're always so downtrodden, you know? And they have, like, the worst luck. Uh, they never, they never benefit from it. they never get anything. So, it's really nice to have that. Um, and uh, when we go into the next episode, uh, you'll see that they keep winning. They keep winning, you know? And... It's one of those rare episodes where the Bundys finally win. It really is. That's kind of why I like it, I think. There's a couple other episodes, but um, that's definitely, this is the first one I can remember where they actually really did win something and they it was like their fortune, you know. Um, So let's go ahead and move on to the next episode, shall we? All right. So like I said, this is a two-parter. And uh, episode two aired on April 21st, 1991. I would imagine the same songs are still <laughs> on that list. So we won't go into that. But um, so the beginning starts off with the, of course, they have a, uh, you know, previously on Bird of Children and Marcy is arguing with uh, the manager saying he, Al took my spot. Al took my spot. You know, that should have been my shopping spree. So they decide to do a, uh, you know, a a tiebreaker shopping spree. Like, whoever wins that wins wins a shopping spree. So they both are, so but the Bundys are going to be, it's going to be the Bundys versus the Darcy's. Yeah, because Jefferson's already in it now. I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Jefferson had, she just married Jefferson pretty recently. Like, maybe a couple episodes back, yeah. So their team, and they're going to go against Peggy and Al for the, uh, the $1,000 shopping spree. You
1: know, Al, I've been thinking, what if we really do win that $1,000 with the groceries? Then what do we do? Well, Peg, I
2: saw in 60 Minutes last week where some people found with food actually cook it up and eat it.
1: <laughs> I've
2: never seen Morley so shaken.
1: So I was right. I'm not the winner in this at all. You get all the food and the glory. And I just get endless hours standing in front of the big hot thing.
2: No, Peg, that's the stove. You're the big hot thing. (laughs) Peg, Peg, I'll tell you what. If we win this contest, I get six hot meals. Then we sell the rest of the food, we get an air conditioner.
1: Really, Al, you mean it? We get an air conditioner?
2: Six meals, Peg. One. Four. One. Three.
1: One. Two. One. Done!
0: <laughs> Mom. I gotta say, in this episode, what parts one and two, Mar- Al-, Al and... I almost called her Marge, I don't know why. Al and Peggy are like... They're really uh, like... Actually like lovey-dovey with each other. And that doesn't happen very often on this show, as you all know. Uh, so yeah, so so if they win the the shopping spree, <laughs> Al <laughs> Al wanted six meals, but he settled for one. <laughs> six hot meals. I mean, with a shopping spree of eight a thousand dollars, I mean, think about it now. Groceries are so damn expensive that a thousand dollar dollars. I've never spent a thousand dollars on groceries. I don't know anybody who has. Maybe if you go to Costco or something. But I've never done that, so I would imagine though that if you have a thousand dollars, a shopping spree, you'd probably fill up with like, like meat, and that's what they do. I think they think that they get meat and they get beer, and <laughs> you know they're supposed. It was just like supermarket sweep. It's a total parody of supermarket sweep, like where you have to get the highest priced items, you know, to to win the win the contest. So. Uh, you know, going getting back to this, I I don't know what a thousand dollars would would get us these days, you know, with the grocery store, uh, but that's still a pretty good amount back in nineteen ninety one. So then, uh, uh, Kelly and Bud come in and they're saying that Jefferson and Marcy are out there doing wind sprints and doing push ups. They're you know they're trying to get fit for the the shopping spree. And uh she says Jefferson does 25 push-ups with Marcy on his back, and then Marcy does 25 with Jefferson on her back. <laughs> I love the references to Marcy being like manly. It always cracks me up. And Al says, I'm not worried. I'm a finely honed athlete, whatever that means. And then he says, Hey Peg, show them what a real push-up looks like. And she runs to the freezer and gets a push-up ice cream. <laughs> you guys remember the push-ups? I think they still make them. I don't know. But man, those were my jam when I was a kid. I loved the push-ups with nerds. Do you guys remember the push-ups with nerds? The Flintstone push-ups with nerds. Those were so good. I think they still make push-ups. I think I got them for my son not too long ago. I think they still make them. But they don't make them with nerds anymore. And that was so yummy. Al assures them that they're going to win the contest by cheating. That's the only way the Bundys can win, apparently. And then this is when they do their Whoa Bundy! And I don't know if this is the first one. I'm going to look right now and see if it's in the trivia here. Alright, so I was curious. I wanted to know what episode they did the Whoa Bundy for the first time. And it was Alley of the Dolls. That's the bowling episode from season two. And... I actually really do like season two. I don't like that episode though, but I do like season two. Season two had some really good episodes, which I'll probably go over at some point. So then it's a the day of the shopping spree and Marcy and Jefferson are dressed in like sweat, sweatsuits, but like not like, you know, like, wh- like, uh, like, like that, that material, like the Sopranos wear, like, um, what is that material? Like the windbreaker material? I don't know what the material's called, but uh they're both in matching sweatsuits. Marcy has like a like a a headband on. Oh my god. Like she's going to go like, you know, do some jazzercise. So Jefferson um <laughs> so Jefferson brings the cart from the parking lot. He finds the best one. I got to tell you, man. Every time I go to the grocery store, I always get the bomb shopping cart. Isn't that the is that the case with you guys too? Every freaking time. I always get the worst cart. Um, then Al and Peggy, or Al comes in with his cart and Al's wearing like his, uh oh God, what's that team called? Uh, poke High Dots, the Poke Dots. He's wearing, I think that's what it's called, Poke Dots. Yeah. He's wearing his baseball, or his baseball, His sorry, his football jersey. And uh, I used to have that shirt, by the way. I had the shirt that said Poke High on the front and it said Bundy and what number was it? 30? On the back? I loved that shirt, but I ended up getting rid of it. But I loved it. It was one of my favorite shirts. I wore it all the time. I have so many pictures of me wearing that. Uh, so, Al's cart has... <laughs> has, like... It looks like something from Greece. It, <laughs> it has, like, these... Uh, like, knives on the side of it. It looks like a shark... I'll have to post a picture. It's really funny. And, you know, and then the foodies guy, foodies guy is like, no, I don't think this cart's going to work. And Al says, but it says foodies on the side it's, oh, I love it. So Marcy and, and Jefferson. Oh, so, and, and the manager switches out Marcy and Jefferson's cart. He's like, we need a, a, uh, a standard foodies cart. So he gets a really crappy one that doesn't even go in a lot, li- a straight line. That's exactly the kind of cart I always get so then the shopping spree begins okay wait before i go into the shopping spree i have to comment on the prices of these foods you guys wow okay orange juice that's pretty much the same these days 4.49 for orange juice potato chips 99 cents seedless grapes 59 cents ah, i don't know what they are right now tri-tip roast a dollar 87 a pound okay uh some of those things, lobster tail. Does that say lobster tails? Lobster tails nine ninety eight a pound. Dang, that's gone up. And I know this because I had that for Valentine's Day dinner, and we spent way more than that. Oh wow. Okay. So oh, and it says Eagle potato chips. Do you guys remember Eagle potato chips? I remember those, and I also remember uh, oh. That's what I was going to look up when, when, uh, Al and Peggy were in the beer aisle. They, it showed the old Mountain Dew, like the old logo and, uh, Shasta soda and mug root beer. But above that looked like, uh, wine or wine coolers. And it was called sun. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It wasn't wine. I remember now it was called Sundance Do you guys remember these? Sundance, they were like flavored uh, sparkling, not waters, sparkling juices. They were good. I'm going to actually look that up right now. I'm going to get you some information on that. All right, so I have it up right here. Sundance Cranberry Sparkler. That sounds so good. So, gosh, the last time I had something like this, it was a, um, oh my God, I can't even remember. It's been a while since they've they've made these drinks. I mean, made something like this. I know Fifth Avenue had, had some. Uh, they look like wine coolers, but they're not. They are... I'll try to find a commercial and maybe post it on my Facebook page. Uh, they look like wine coolers, but they are sparkling juices. You know what? Back in those days, sparkling juice was a thing. I remember that. They were all over the place. Fifth Avenue had one... Oh, gosh, there was another one that I drank all the time. My grandma used to always buy it for us. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Okay, I'm sorry. It was not called Fifth Avenue uh, juice. It was, it was called New York seltzer. Do you guys remember New York seltzer? Man, this is bringing me back. I love doing... This is why I do When TV Was Great, because even when TV was great, the products were great, too, you know? You just don't have this stuff anymore. I haven't. The only sparkling juice I've seen is Martinelli's, which is good, you know, but they used to have individual little bottles, and if you guys know what I'm talking about, you can comment on my Facebook page, but they used to have these little bottles, uh, you can get them at Costco, or wherever, I think back then it was called Price Club, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they had all kinds of yummy flavors, they had, like, vanilla, um, raspberry and i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to look that up later because i remember maybe i'll see him in this episode who knows
2: (laughs) (laughs) all right contestants places please dad where'd you get this cart made it myself in the garage from parts of the lawnmower on the side of the house your mother's car (laughs) see it's aerodynamic got your front and rear sway bars rack and pinion steering and genuine ginzu spiked attitude adjusters on the hood (laughs) It's also got some uh, anti-personnel device or two. Just for show.
0: (laughs) Do you guys remember Ginsu Knives? (laughs) That was like the biggest infomercial back in the day. Let's see when they came out. I have the Wikipedia up here. Okay. Ginsu. Well, it didn't come out in the 90s, but I just remember they... They tried to bring it back in the 90s, I think. Because it says, Gensu knives were originally called Quick Cut. Um, okay. Ron Pope... Okay, okay, okay. You guys have heard of Ron Popeil. Ron Popeil? He's the guy that did, uh... I think he did did the juicer? Hang on, hang on. Ron Popeil. No, this is the guy that, uh... The Vegematic. He was, like, the infomercial god. Like, he did, like, Everything. He was so rich and famous with infomercials, cause he did. I have it right here. So he did the Chopomatic, the Vegematic. Uh, he he it, he founded Ronco, cause that's Ron Popeil. I my husband and I had a conversation about him, <laughs> cause he's like, do you remember this? It was called the um, the Showtime Barbecue or something, which I don't see it in here. I don't inventions. He's noted. Okay, here we go. He's noted for marketing and, in some cases, inventing a wide variety of products: um, the Ronco Pocker Fisherman, the Giant Dehydrator, Beef Jerky Machine, Electric Pasta Maker, and Showtime Retisserie and Barbecue. So he's. It doesn't say anything about Ginsu though. Ginsu, Ginsu, Ginsu. I don't know how to say it. Uh, but I do remember all those commercials. They would like cut through a uh, a uh, a can, like a like a uh, you know vegetable can and cut through all kinds of stuff and i was like wow and it says advert okay here we go the re- uh Rumba peel in the process they helped solidify the formula for this modern infomercial the ads were ubiquitous in the late 70s on u.s television advertisements for the amazing ginsu knife asked now how much would you pay don't answer urge viewers to call now operators are standing by and included the signature, but wait, there's more, which became a popular infomercial catchphrase and has been used ever since. So that's where that came from. It came from that commercial. So what? I wonder what they, you know, when they say, like, hey, there's more, I wonder what, what else they gave. I'm going to have to find a commercial for that too, guys. There's going to be a lot of things on my Facebook page regarding this episode. All right. So uh, that's, again, I had to bring up Ginsu. Also, um, you can't really understand what's going on because it's kind of a visual, but when Al says he has an anti-deterrent device or something like that, anti-personnel device, it's a, it's a bow and arrow. Oh, not not a bow, but it's an arrow. It's like an arrow launcher, and he he uh, he shoots an arrow out into a watermelon, so he is armed. Now here's my favorite cameo right here.
3: So,
2: let's give a nice warm foodies welcome to Jerry Mathers! Thank you very much. You're very kind. I I think our agreement called for cash in advance. (laughs)
3: Ladies
2: and gentlemen, It's certainly a pleasure to be here at Foodie's, the store with great food and super low prices. Oh, merciful heavens, won't somebody please shoot me? Somebody please just put a bullet to the old bee's head.
1: Oh, Al, look at him. He's brought so much pleasure to so many. Can't you give him a job at the shoe store? Yeah,
2: that's all I need, Peg. Work all day with a beaver and come home to you. And uh, now for the rules. Whoever gets $1,000 worth of food first gets to keep it. Which, by the way, is more than I'm getting for this gig. Can it be true? Can Magic Game PM not use another celebrity? am I truly lower than Charles Nelson Riley? Who is this blubbering
0: mess? I think he was Opie. <laughs> I just love it. I don't know why it's just so funny. He's like this washed up star. You know, he's he's dying for money, kind of like sadly to say, kind of like Tori spelling, you know. She's doing whatever she can to get money. Um I love her, but, I mean, you know, come on, girl. So, uh, and Bud thinks, <laughs> Bud thinks he's Opie, which is hilarious. So like, yeah, it's just one of those, it's one of those, like, you know, old TV characters. And I, it's so random that he is the, the, uh, the, the celebrity, whatever, celebrity guest, celebrity judge, it's just so random that they pick him. But I guess... I guess it's because... I don't know. I, I don't know why they picked him. But uh, they did. <laughs> and it's funny. It gets funnier too. But... Uh, and I love Al saying... You know, that's what I really... That's, that's the last thing I need. Work all day with the beaver. Come up to you. <laughs> and of course around i'm I'm looking at all the products like i can see it right here so sundance i told you about the sundance juices sundance uh must have been a sponsor or something and so was uh mountain dew i see a lot of mountain dew cans uh mop and glow still around i think mop and glow is still around and it looks like there's i want to say if i remember right i'm gonna have to look this up popeye spinach wasn't there popeye spinach in a can Because I swear that was a thing. And it looks like Popeye. It's hard to see because, you know, it's paused. But it looks like Popeye spinach. And I swear that was something. I'm going to look it up right now. I was correct. Popeye spinach. They definitely don't sell that anymore. So the shopping spree starts. And, of course, Al and Peg are cheating. Because that's all they know how to do. And they spray oil onto the floor. And Marcy and Jefferson fall down and they so they get they get a a head start on them so al's like come on peg come on let's do this like we planned and he goes to the meat aisle first and he's like throwing packages of meat in peg's direction but she's not there because she went to the beauty aisle looking for beauty products which by the way would probably be pretty expensive i mean i don't know how expensive meat was but it was probably pretty expensive to get beauty stuff anything that wasn't food related right i mean that's how it is you know you go to a target for toiletries instead of a grocery store, you know, because it's a lot cheaper there, so, (laughs) so, uh, Jefferson and Marcy catch up to them, and Jefferson throws up, like, a soup can at Owl, hits him square on the head, he falls into the fish, and, uh, and then they, like, they go, ha, 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 just like that, they left just like that, very immature, but it's very funny, and then, (laughs) The next scene Peg, uh, not Peg, um, Bud and Kelly are harassing Jerry Mathers saying, now settle a bet for me. We want to know, did you spend all your money on <laughs> cheap booze and expensive women or vice versa? It's so so, so stupid and so funny. It's like, he's like, go away. And they just keep bothering him the rest of the episode which I'll, I'll clip it. So then it shows Marcy and Jefferson carrying a ton of of bread loaves like f- looks like french bread possibly and uh i guess see well, i guess they did their research i guess they saw how so, and this is just like supermarket sweep if you guys don't know that show i'm gonna explain it here one second so this is from the uh, married marriedchildren.fandom.com the shopping spree contest depicted in this episode is a parody of the game show supermarket sweep which had been revived a year prior on the cable channel lifetime that's right what channel was it on before though i don't know on supermarket sweep contestants competed in a question and answer format in which time was added for each correct answer there were three rounds which included namely grocery questions though pop culture questions were also thrown into the mix at some point in the game yeah i remember that each contestant competed in the shopping portion called the big sweep and the winner was a team that had the most expensive groceries The winning team went on to compete in the bonus sweep where they would have to find three successive items in 60 seconds for $5,000. In contrast to supermarket sweep, this episode had no set time period for the shopping spree. That's true, they didn't. And some of the actions taken by the Bundys and Darcy's would be considered penalties on the game show. This included Marcy trying to block Al from winning the shopping spree for him and Peggy, or Al squirting oil on the floor in order to impede the Darcy's progress. Such penalties would have led to totals being reduced on Supermarket Sweep. I never saw anybody throw oil at somebody on Supermarket Sweep. I just want to point that out. Uh, now, Supermarket Sweep—if you—if you do want to watch it, it is on. Um, I think it's on Hulu. You can watch it on Hulu, which is which, by the way, is where I'm watching Married to Children. Um, it's a great show. It's so funny. It's such a time capsule to watch that thing because it's like from late 80s, early 90s, and it's just great. Some of this stuff, like some of these products they talk about, I'm like, what the hell is that? I mean, in 91, I was 12. I wasn't grocery shopping. I only remember the things from the commercials, you know? Anyways, I just wanted to tell you guys about that. All right, getting on with the shopping spree. So both the the Darcy's and the Bundy's have... uh, full shopping cart so they have to go empty them which is what they do I think they do that supermarket sweeper they get a new cart I think they get a new cart so on this show they have to empty their cart and Jefferson and Marcy are like putting everything on the conveyor belt but Al's like haha I got a better idea and he just like drops them all it's a little it's a little like like lever he pushes and they all fall down onto the ground so he has a he has another uh, head start so then Bud and Kelly are harassing the beeve yet again, just saying, hey, would you do this for this cut? It's kind of like, like what would you do for a Klondike bar? I don't know. It just kind of reminds me, reminds me of that, speaking of the 90s. But they're just harassing him, and he just keeps walking away from them. Too funny. Then they have the totals. Um, the... Bundy's have $210. The Darcy's have $270. They gotta get up to a thousand, I think. Right? Because they have to keep the groceries. So yeah, they have to get up to a thousand. So Al yet again uh cheats <laughs> and punches Jefferson by way of a uh big old boxing glove that comes out that just springs out of the uh at the shopping cart. I mean, if he can and peggy actually has a line if you did all this and you still work at a shoe store she's got a good point he's so smart he can build something like this and he's working for minimum wage at a shoe store i mean it's a very good point peg so jefferson's down for the count (laughs) oh lordy they sure know how to cheat don't they oh and then they steal all the groceries from jefferson and marcy's cart that's a smart idea then we come to my other favorite line in this episode. <laughs> I can't. I love that line so much. It's just like, but they totally, he they totally like knocked them down. He Jerry Mathers totally knocked them down a peg. It was so, so funny. And they just look down in shame and walk away and they don't bother him the rest of the episode. It's just so funny. I just love how that's like the worst insult you can say to a person. At least my father doesn't sell women's shoes. And now, as you guys know, Tang is a huge uh, trend on this show. They always talk about Tang, especially in the early seasons. So Peg is just stocking up on all the big cans of Tang. I don't think they even make that anymore. I could be wrong, but I don't think they do. Then Al is getting all the six packs and the 12 packs of beer, and he's drinking them as he's going. Hilarious. He's just, I mean, you know, hes he's... Is getting... I mean, if if you're gonna do a shopping spree, you better get the stuff you want, right?
2: That's my douche! Oh yeah? (laughs) Yeah? Will you touch my girly fizz? (laughs) Come on, give me that!
3: It's mine! Damn it! Alf.
2: Now, we're both men. There's plenty of room in feminine hygiene for the both of
3: us. (laughs)
2: Alright? Let's shake on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blind! And I smell like summer rain. Hank! <laughs> Hank, hey, 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 where are you? Oh, look,
0: look, right here, honey.
2: Damn Jefferson blinded me with feminine goo. He ought to take some home and spray it in his own eyes before he gets in bed with that. See, ow! Oh, hey, hey, hey,
1: hey, hey, hey,
0: hey. Now, now honey, come on, stop dilly-dallying. We're behind! Okay. Come on. <laughs> and that's my third favorite line. That's my douche. And then I'm blind, and I smell like summer rain. Oh, so funny! And like in this aisle that they're in, you can see Summer's Eve and the Freedom maxi pads. I remember Freedom maxi pads. I don't think I, I don't think I ever used those. I think I always use Always, but I don't see Always in this aisle. It's really weird. So. <laughs> so they have uh marcy and jefferson have kind of a, a nice move there they blind al and they pretend that marcy's peg so peg so al starts helping peg get the groceries into the- marcy and jefferson's So genius actually so marcy's on the water aisle she's getting excited because she sees imported water yeah that would be pretty expensive right imported water and then her car and then her contact falls out. And I can relate to this because I wear contacts too. I've never had mine fall out in the middle of a grocery store. But I know the struggle. <laughs> and uh, so she's on the ground looking for her contact. And Al is still blind. And, Mar- and Peg is just kind of like not paying attention. And they run over Marcy with the cart. Hilarious. And it's most, most visual. I can't really clip it, but it's definitely a visual. It's, of course, Marcy says, I've fallen and I can't get up. Do you guys remember that one? Well, let me go ahead and take you back to 1991. Do you guys remember a little product called Lifeline? The line was spoken by actress Dorothy McHugh in a television commercial for a medical alarm and protection company called Lifeline. The motivation behind the systems is that subscribers, mostly seniors as well as disabled people, would receive a pendant, which, when activated, would allow the user to speak into an audio receiving device and talk directly with a dispatch service without the need to reach a telephone. The service was designed to appeal particularly to seniors who lived alone and who might experience a medical emergency, such as fall a fall, which would leave them alert, but immobile and a- unable to reach the telephone. In 1989, Life Call began running commercials that contained a scene when an elderly woman, identified by a dispatcher as Mrs. Fletcher, uses the medical alert pendant after having fallen in the bathroom. After falling, Mrs. Fletcher... Mrs. Fletcher speaks a phrase I've fallen and I can't get up after which the dispatcher informs her that she's sending help. Oh boy. Um it doesn't say what year nineteen eighty nine. My bad. So two years before this. Yeah, and I thought it was called li- it was called Life Alert. They changed the patent in, in october nineteen ninety. Life call became life alert. That's what I remember, the commercials for Life Alert. Anyways, it's a little blast of the past there. So uh, Jefferson doesn't notice Marcy either and runs her over as well. (laughs) How do you not notice somebody on the floor? Like, come on. (laughs) Then the beaver is trying to, uh, you know, talk to the girl that Al was following around the grocery store. Which is weird why she's there. Because this is like a totally separate day. So she just came to watch. Uh, Weird. So then there's, like, this montage of, like, in fast motion of everybody grabbing stuff off the shelves, putting them in their carts, and then they're, like, neck and neck coming towards their cash register. Uh, I think the Darcys are up $10. They're over $10 with the, what the Bundys have. And uh, Jefferson puts a couple of cheese blocks in front of their cart to stop them. And then Al starts doing <laughs> turkey bowling, starts throwing, or it might be, it might be chickens, but I don't know. It's something frozen. And the uh, hole. So he, uh, he he starts throwing the turkeys. He starts bowling. Remember, Al's a great bowler. He scored a 300. So he uh, he knocks them both down. What do you want to say to everybody? Hello. Say hello, Mommy's Podcast. Hello, Mommy's Podcast. Say, what what's your name? I'm Preston. You're Preston? And how old are you? I'm no. How old are you? I'm three. You're three. Okay. Yeah! He just wanted to have a little cameo there. Sorry guys. Alright, we're almost done here. Sorry guys. So uh Al wins. He wins a contest. Peggy doesn't isn't able to stop the cart in time and stabs him with the you know the knives in the front of the of the cart. Stabs him. So they win, but Al is severely injured.
2: Well, throw another city on the barbie, eh, God? It's 112, so please remember to crack the window when you leave grandma in the car.
1: (laughs) Oh, this is the life, isn't it? Food and an air conditioner. Well, your father finally came through for us. So when's daddy gonna be able to enjoy all this? Well, I don't know. The doctor says that cool air isn't really good for an exposed liver. But don't worry. Daddy's happy in his pool. And I just brought him a nice, cool drink.
0: (laughs) 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 So, of course, there's another episode that's very similar to this where Al has dental work and he can't eat a yummy, yummy turkey dinner. I think it's a turkey dinner. So, same deal here. He can't eat because he's injured. And... (laughs) he apparently punctured his liver or ex- his liver's exposed so when he it, <laughs> the very end scene he's in he's in his kiddie pool uh he's, he's not it doesn't look like there's water he's just laying in the kiddie pool and uh he takes a sip of whatever he's drinking water and it comes right <laughs> it comes right up through through his stomach <laughs> oh lordy so the funny thing though is that Kelly and and Bud's on in that scene at all, but Kelly and Peg are dressed like in a sweater and they have all the food around them. And it's some funny, Like I think they say like Bisquick and all kinds of stuff. Bisquick's expensive, by the way. I would have grabbed Bisquick too if I could. I think it's Bisquick, I could be totally wrong. I'm gonna go check. Okay, I was wrong about the Bisquick. It's I don't know how I got this mixed up, it's Budweiser. Then they also have Dole pineapple juice Pepsi, Sundance, that drink that's, you know, been talked about this whole time. And uh, uh, Idahoan potatoes, which they still make, by the way. They still make those. Um, Popeye spinach. And so basically everything that I mentioned is in, is on their kitchen counter. And they're eating like a, it looks like turkey. It looks like a turkey dinner to me. like mashed potatoes and a turkey and maybe some stuffing kind of hard to tell and it's like peg knows how to cook that i mean peg couldn't even cook for the i mean she did cook it for the family in the second and first season but then it kind of you know we kind of think that peg can't cook anything and they kind of allude to that but now she can cook a whole turkey dinner it's that's odd but whatever i i'll dig i digress so that's the end of the episode um i i am a huge fan of season five there are there's a couple episodes that are really really like not my not my cup of tea but almost every of my favorite episodes is from season five the weenie tots episode where kelly wins kelly's like the weenie tot spokesperson and uh another one where they win and i won't tell you how that ends but You know, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of good episodes in season five. Season four, two, season three, great. That's probably, so like, I guess, and if I have to rank my favorite seasons, uh, I would say season five first, then two, then three. Season two is gold, you guys. I used to not like any of the episodes and then I went back and watched them all again and I was like, this is amazing television. All right, so my next podcast will be in two weeks, and I have no idea what I'm going to be doing. Uh, There's no rhyme or reason. I could be doing a Teen Mom episode. I know some of you guys who listen are Teen Mom fans. I could be doing one of those because I really have the itch to do a Teen Mom episode. Um, But what I would do is probably do a bonus. So basically, I'd have my regular episodes every other week of just, you know, old TV shows. And then I'll do like a teen mom bonus episode because I wanted to like, it's just so good. And I and the reason I wanted to do this is because there's no other people doing a teen, there's people that do teen mom podcasts, but there's not anybody that does a teen mom season five through eight podcasts and somebody needs to do it. So I think I'm going to, but like I said, it's going to be a bonus. So if you're not a teen mom person, you don't need to, you know. It's not gonna... You're not gonna miss out on this one. <laughs> this one's always gonna be random TV shows. Like, it could be any... I, uh... I've been watching The Sopranos a lot with my husband. Um, might do a Sopranos. I might do an Office episode. I mean, it could be anything, you guys. It could be Simpsons. I gotta get my husband back on here so we can do a Simpsons. Uh, but like I said, I I don't know. I will let you know the week of the, uh... When I'm gonna be doing the, the podcast. And... I apologize for my little break there. Um, I'm trying to think if I've watched anything or heard any good podcasts in the, that time. It was only like a month and a month and a half. Um, no, I didn't really see any movies that I. I mean, let's face it. I have a three-year-old. I don't get to, wa- to watch TV ever in my house. Uh, I haven't seen anything. <laughs> That's an honest, honest-to-God truth. I haven't seen anything. So. I will keep you updated on what's going to be coming. You can follow me on Facebook at When TV Was Great Podcast. And uh, if you want to leave a review, you can go to iTunes and leave a review there. Uh, I think that's it. You guys have a good couple weeks there, and I will be talking to you soon. And I guess that's it, guys. So it might be Easter might be the next time I No. It's the first weekend of April. That's when I'll be back. <laughs> the first weekend of April. I was trying to figure that out. Hey, spring break. Maybe I'll do a spring break themed episode of something. There's a lot. There's a 90210. There's a uh, Simpsons. There's so many spring break episodes. So maybe I'll do that. That gives me an idea. I'm inspired now. All right, guys. So uh, thank you for uh, sticking with me. If, I, if you didn't stick with me, then I'm sorry. I know I let you all down, but I'm back i just in a different form, but I am back. It's just, you know, not going to be as frequent, but you know what? That's going to be good for me. (laughs) It is going to be good. So I think it's going to be a good change. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next time.